We just people from the north side. Once the Timmy's hit the shore fine. Went to ready on the four ties. Heavy traffic during four five. Gotta hustle on your own time. Color people at before side. We just people from the north side. Once the Timmy's hit the shore fine. Went to ready on the four ties. Heavy traffic during four five. Hey guys, what's going on? It's your host, your boy George Mackay, back here in the Straight Talk Studios. Ooh, it's looking so good now. Look at that. It's beautiful. It is. With me, I have none other than a first time guest, but not a last time guest. The one, the only, Moon Dog, Dylan Davis in the building. What? How are you? Hey, you doing, man? What's going on? Uh, you know what? It's it's Tuesday. We're going to be talking wrestling. We're going to be talking you, which is like a very easy subject for yourself. And I can't wait. I'm stoked. I'm absolutely stoked. Let's go. All right. So we built off a couple questions from the mini host, which is great, because I always love let her do her five questions first. So it gives me a chance to kind of tighten up a little bit of my research. So... I, 2017 you did debut at destiny wrestling i had no idea i was there i remember uno giving someone a pile driver i remember someone doing a suicide dive i just didn't remember it was dylan davis yeah it was me man i was um you know what fun fact first ever suicide dive they said to me uh you know you gotta do something cool so i did something cool i tried it out and now it's a, a stable in what i do every most matches that's not bad you got a chance to kind of i guess take flight and you well, yeah. worked you saw that you could pull it off so hey why not keep it in the repertoire right hey if it works if it ain't broke don't fix it yeah. so there we go <laughs> absolutely <laughs> so talk to me about i mean the whirlwind that was wrestling academy this competition comes out of nowhere done you know headed by jacques rougeau the mountie legend should be in the hall of fame but is not yet and i don't understand why and you're there you're doing your thing. You mentioned with the mini host that you were, you thought Jesse V was going to blow you out of the water, but you made it to the yeah. final. Have QT Marshall call your name. You were kind of, I guess, awestruck. Like, did you, in your mind, did you think, hold on, did he, did he just call my name? Like, can you repeat that? I'm not sure. Did you just call my name? Like, yeah. was that what you were going yeah. for? Yeah, it was weird. It was it, it weird. It was, it was weird in the sense, like, unbelievable. Um, it was live. So there's no way I could rewind it and go, say it again. So I had to, you know, process what had just ha happened. It wasn't just this, take this, go home. It, it was, okay, you have a life back home, but now you have to make a choice, you know? So and a choice that I've been waiting to make my, my, my whole life, you know? So, you know, I had a, a job back home. I was managing a supplement store. It was great. Monday to Friday, nine to five. I left all of that just to head off to Georgia for three, three months and uh, train in the and uh, what I consider and what most do with one of the best schools in the world to become a pro wrestler. Um, and just like you know, honestly, many people thought it wasn't real, and you know, many people thought it was all BS. You know, the the contest, the prize, and. You know, something deep down in me said to me, like, it's the only chance to get anything. If it's not now, it's never. Um, so I decided to, you know, take a chance. And me, me and Jock spoke often. And it wasn't only the contest. He would help me with promo advice on the regular. Like, it wasn't day that went by that me and Jock didn't speak for at least five minutes. You know what I mean? So it, that's how I knew that he was being real. He was honest and what his idea, his, you know, big vision was just to showcase the best talent in Canada and, and, um, you know, to see all 
work out the way it should have and now happening again but even bigger with more talent and way more talent like the 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 roster for this year is stacked and it's going to be incredible to see everyone fight for those spots because let me tell you those spots are worth their weight in gold you know what i mean um but you know after it's all said and done those three months changed me like as a wrestler as a person we just you know exactly what i needed when i needed the most you know what i mean it makes any sense at all it absolutely does it absolutely does it makes a ton of sense it's because you're at this moment you're in this contest you win you get an opportunity to go there for three months and then it's like hold on i gotta uproot my whole life but wait a minute i get a chance to be trained by qt marshall cody rhodes and billy gunn why would yeah. i want to take this opportunity and the fact that I, I, there's a chance to, you know, be on AEW, which you were. You got that spot at AEW Dark, the first Dark in Canada. That's incredible. And you were oh, on that yeah. one because I remember your match. I was in the crowd and I remember yeah. that match. And I was like, I was like, holy shit, man, this guy's going to be a freaking star. And you know what? You would never know that you had been in this business for 17 years because you, well, you would because you look polished, but you also looked like you had this air of confidence about you. And it's not, confidence in the way of conceitedness it's confidence of i know what i can do i know what i can provide for this business and i know that there's a spot for me but talk to me about i guess being able to see cody rhodes on a regular being able to train with qt marshall being able to you know pick billy gunn's brain and also work in that world-class facility like what was that all like for me i mean i'm a huge wrestling fan so cody yeah. rhodes walked by would have been like hey man hey dude you're, you know who you, you're you you're like i would have marked out hard i'm not gonna lie <laughs> It's really, I guess, um, you know, for me, um, I, I remember like, being around people when I was young, uh, you know, just still brand new in wrestling in those moments, really Bret Hart and stuff like that. So, um, but when I was going off, we would be so we would be scolded for getting out, we would, for, for acting like that. So I sort of like took that away and put that away. And now that part of my brain wrecks internally. So, for example, uh, we're leaving the hotel to go to the venue and I get on the elevator the first person I see I'm a huge fan of him a legend in my eyes Dean Malenko okay so I'm watching Dean Malenko when I go to my dad's house on the weekends on WCW and they just you know huge fan always was always will be so good so I had to sort of like just nod hello and be respectful and still, like, treat this as, like, it's it's work. It is what it is. But inside, I'm like, holy shit, Steve Malenko. Oh, my God, you know? <laughs> so then, just before we, we're not even in the venue yet. So, like, I'm, I, you know, I told myself, okay, man, just be, be cool. This is work. This is what you wanted. Don't, <laughs> don't be an idiot. So, <laughs> so um, it was great. Um. Uh, so, first day I walk in. Now, I met QT Marshall uh, 2017 in New Jersey, briefly, at the Monster Factory. Myself and uh, Justin Newhook, Kirk Bay, and Marcus Burke did a long drive from uh, Nova Scotia to um, Jersey. Um, we did a little camp there and stuff and drove back. So, I met him briefly. Um, and even that small interaction with him then, I... Um, it changed my outlook on wrestling. Um, so when I, when he was the part of the prize, like, you know, 
I, I seen it as a sign that I had to, I had to, you know, do this. So, uh, first day I'm in there, I meet him. I tell him, Hey, I met you back then. Oh, cool. Easy going guy. Super cool. Super down to earth, respectful, straight, blonde, honest, whatever you want to say. He's just like QT is the man. <laughs> Coach is the man. Um, same with Cody Rose. He he walked in. He would he'd be there on our you know often enough. We would do promo classes stuff or in the ring stuff or whatever. He would help us out, give us ideas and stuff. Um, but again, just uh, treat it like anybody else. Like it's it's work, it's school. Um, his big thing was respect. Treat everyone like he so he would he asked someone their favorite wrestler in the class. And one kid said John Moxley. He said, "Well, in wrestling." treat everyone like John Moxley. And that stuck in my head, like, treat everyone with respect, because whenever I seen Cody on the Indies, I seen him, I think, 2017, 2018, uh, he was always respectful and super down-to-earth, super cool. And even now to this day, exact same, even nicer. Billy Gunn, I met him in Newfoundland on a show in uh, 2017, 2016. Um... We did a seminar with him, which is one of my favorite seminars ever that I've done. I've done so many, uh, <laughs> but um, it was cool. We, we would do the morning classes and then the advanced classes, uh, Mondays and Thursdays, which would be a little more intense drills and stuff. And be Coach Cody, yeah. sorry, Coach Co- Coach Billy, QT, Coach Luke, and stuff. And uh, they, yeah, they would run you. And it would, you know what? I, like we did things there in that school that I've never done since I started doing this and it pushed you to your limits to the point where it's like keep going you don't stop because these guys are watching your every move there's two rings you run the spot hey go do it again do it again and it's just not stop but again like I said earlier it was exactly what I needed to to get myself to the next level you know what I mean uh they're coaching um, is some of the best I've seen. And I'm probably biased saying that, but um, it's honest. It's real. They don't just pat you on the ass and, you know, good job. They tell you how it is. And I personally believe that that's the true way to grow in this business is to know exactly where you are and what you had to do to get where you want to be, you know, um, so to anybody out there watching this, if you're looking to go to a school, you can make it happen. Check out the Nightmare Factory in McDonough, Georgia. You will not be mistaken and you'll enjoy it. It's great. The process that we're there for three months. I can't put it in, in the words how much it meant uh, to me truly, to be honest, but incredible is the word I keep using over and over again. <laughs> so, so yeah. No, absolutely. That, that is. And so talk to me about this, because this is like a moment that I'll never experience. I'll experience it from a crowd point of view, but never from an in-ring point of view. You're in the Coca-Cola Coliseum. You are on AEW Dark, and you have somewhere upwards of 15,000 fans screaming in that building. They are electric. What's that like, soaking that in, seeing 20,000 or 15,000 plus faces out there all with their eyes on you. Crazy. Um, I've never felt like, I've never been, that's my biggest crowd, obviously. 
you know, someone from Eastern Canada, the Indies in Eastern Canada, we, we, we don't get those crowds at our shows. Um, me and Junior broke the curtain and walked out. You could feel, you could literally, and I'm telling you right now, you can feel the energy just like pounding on your chest. And I, that's not, I don't know how else to explain it, but you could just, it's heavy. And you, you feel everyone just like, it's weird. It's, it's like a good kind of anxiety. If I can say, if I put it in words at all to make anyone understand, it just, it's heavy. It gets you going. You just, there's so much to look at and it just fires you up. I can't even, just the, the roar from all around. It's like, you know what's going to happen, but you're just ready to go. You know what I mean? Um, and of course, like most things in wrestling, once you feel that rush of huge crowds, you want it more and more, right? So I think ever since then, I've been on this this certain, I'm, I'm hungry for, for more opportunities. You know what I mean? So I, I, I want to put myself out there more. I'm, <laughs> I'm sending my stuff out more. I'm, I'm putting myself out there more now too to get that um because i'm very humble by like how i started and how i came up but i think now is the time for me to to really go after it and really do something um i feel like deep down now i have the tools to do so um and i feel like it's just a matter of time if i just keep doing the work I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Now, if this question makes sense, it almost feels like Georgia going there for three months, uprooting your entire life. Because like you said, you had stability back home. You had your nine to five. You had money coming in. You were able to wrestle on the weekends. And again, there's only a few promotions out there. There's only so much you could really do. But you were able to at least live your dream out there part-time. And then you win this contest. You uproot yourself. You, you give that all up. You give up stability. You give up a chance to live out your dream on the weekends. You give up money. You give up your home. You give up your family. And you uproot and you go to Georgia for three months. And then what do you do? What does Dylan Davis do? He doesn't just go back to Eastern Canada and just sit down and chill. No, no. Dylan Davis goes back there, handles his business, ties up all loose ends, and uproots himself again and chases, you know, Central Ontario, if you will, Eastern Ontario, in eastern canada i should say and just all for a chance at wrestling like do you have i mean i know it's early on but do you have any regrets right now moving to ontario i mean other than the fact that it's cost of living out here is freaking stupid it's <laughs> the worst no, I'm Honestly, no i don't i i have zero regrets um you know i you know yeah i just don't know how to say there's zero regrets and feel like this move i wish i was in a place where i could have done it sooner um, but I do believe clearly that, uh, you know, you gotta trust the process and that's the, the good and the bad, the ups, the downs, the highs, the lows. So I believe like, honestly, I believe like waiting for the right things to fall in place. I don't recommend that. You always had to work towards something, but chase opportunities when they're there. You know what I mean? Um, so my move here, I know in the long run, it's going to help me out big time uh, in every aspect of my life, personally, professionally, uh, and everything else in between. Um, this move is going to be the uh, the rocket on my back to get me to the top where I want to be, if I can put it into words and make it sound like corny for a second. But, <laughs> but um, 
no, no, no regrets at all. No regrets. I, I this is, I spent half my life doing this wrestling stuff, and I feel like this is who I am. This is what I'm known as. So if I'm wrestling, coaching, or something, the opportunities to do that are much more plentiful right here. So. Absolutely. I mean, thinking about it, like, I, like I said, over in the Maritimes, they have some great promotions out there, but there is only a few. In Ontario, in my head, as I'm running through them, as you were talking, I can think of at least 15 or 20. Oh, yeah. It's it's crazy. And and the talent pool is unreal here. You know, the guys here who I heard of, who are still kind of new, guys that have been around for a while that we haven't even touched yet. So, like, for me, it's a whole book of new stories that I can tell. And, and not only show off what I can do, but help showcase the talent here as well. And just really show what Canada wrestling talent can do. You know what I mean? I feel like we're starting to get some good headwaves on like exposure for us. I feel like it's just, if we can just keep having great matches here with new faces, exciting stuff that people have never seen before, it's only a matter of time until wrestling really takes off. You know what I mean? So just keep it going. Just keep it going. Good matches, good fights. Come on. Absolutely. And like I said, the talent pool, like there's a few matches that I see. Like I'm excited to see you again. It's a debut of a Dylan Davis 2.0, if that makes sense. We it saw the, we saw the generic background wrestler six years ago. Now, yes. seeing, now I think we're seeing who Dylan Davis is now, who all the layers you look at. I look at evolution. I, I stole this from Holden Albright and I always give him credit for it. Level up moments. 2017, you were generic. You were happy to be there. You were John Cena who had shorts of every city of every sports team that he could in every city that he was in. Now mm -hmm. we're in the, we're to, to again use John Cena if I can, we're in the Doctor of Thugonomics stage. We're almost there. We're not going to go full military, full Hulk Hogan yet, but we're there. We're going to see. And yeah. this is an exciting moment, I think, for, for Destiny fans because they're in for a treat. Because I wasn't able to go to Seaway Valley, but I know you tore the house down over there. I'm going to be at destiny. So I know destiny is, I know you're going to show that. I know you're going to show up big and I'm not, I, now I'm not going to lie. I put my money on you in my prediction show for destiny. I did pick you. So don't let me down, Dylan. Don't let oh, me no, down. I have to win. I have, to, you, have yeah. to, you have to win. Yeah, but no, I, looking at that. And then you've already tapped into those two promotions. And then you got Barry wrestling that you could tap into. You got Greek town that you could tap into. You got HWE, you got HPW, you have crossbody. The, like the opportunities are endless of what could happen. Plus, Montreal is only six hours. So you could tap into IWS and everything that's over there. Like the, the opportunities are endless for everything that Dylan Davis can do. But like you said, Ontario, Ontario, sorry, is the Mecca of what's out here. And uh, I think it, it's a credit to you and a credit to who you are as a person to take that risk and to jump over here and do it. But now one matchup that I want to see one matchup that I will put all my money on is Dylan Davis. Cause I've never seen it. So for me, it would be something I want to see Dylan Davis versus gabriel fuerza that would just be electric that would be fire gabriel fuerza i am a fuerza mark he's my in case you don't know dylan he's my best friend he's he's good no uh, you know what and uh i do respect his work i respect him too what he's done what he does now to this day he does a lot for wrestling here and he i feel like he doesn't get his uh due credit you know what i mean um his style his work uh definitely respected and i feel like our styles are similar enough that that match would be absolute, as the kids say, fire. So, um, no, I would, you know, it would be, be my honor to actually uh, step in there finally with Boris. Uh, I, I think I met him first, jeez, maybe same time at Destiny, I think. 
um and we always got along pretty, pretty well like you know there's there's guys you know in wrestling who are like pretty down to earth and chill that you know you'll get along with and that's his vibe and this show is right away so um yeah i would have a very i had so much fun doing that that'd be a great match of mine um he's definitely on my list of people in the area that i've been uh, meaning to work so by all means let's do it <laughs> now talk to me about because i mean eastern canada has its own little touches of home and has its own little feels of home what do you miss the most about the east coast that you can't get here on a regular basis Hmm. That's a good question. Well, so, um, fresh seafood, man. Like, I'm talking, so my mom, she owns a fresh uh, seafood shop back home, and I'm talking fresh. So, like, for me, Newfoundlander and all, of course, I love seafood. So, here, I find everything, you can tell it's not as fresh, so it tastes the same. Also, I miss that that sea salt air, <laughs> if that makes sense at all. I'm a salty lad, so I miss that <laughs> salty air. <laughs> so, I, don't know, I don't know how to say it. I'm like, I'm like, how do I describe the like the feeling of home? Like whenever I fly home, I always go right to the uh, like down to the dock, and then I just sit there and smell and just that it's weird i don't know but no you it's know. not weird listen, <laughs> listen, i have i have some very weird listen I'm, I'm gonna open up to you i'm gonna be honest here i have some weird things that i do all the time okay one thing is is i love doritos i mean you can tell i'm a big boy i love doritos but i eat them probably a little bit weirder than most people they come first well i do that yes that's a yeah. given no, but yeah. I, I like it first, and then I I, I eat them with a, I'll, I'll fill my mouth up with a whole bunch of Doritos as much as I can fit in there safely. I'll chew them till they're almost like a powder, and then I will take a big swing of milk, and I'll swallow it whole. And for some reason, it is just delectable. I don't know why. I can't describe. I've never asked okay. anyone to try it, but for me, that's like my happy place. That reminds me of my childhood. Doritos. I might try it. I might try it. Yeah. Cool Ranch or Nacho? You know what? It's got to be the original Nacho. Yeah. That was sick, yeah, because, yeah, with the Cool Ranch stuff, you're going to get spicy. Yeah, yeah, no, Cool Ranch is great. Cool Ranch is great with just Pepsi or Coke. That's what yeah, you yeah. enjoy Cool Ranch. But, yeah, no, it's got to be the original nacho cheese. Yeah, you got to get it. I also, um, uh, what else do I do? Oh, I love, I love grilled cheese sandwiches, but I like putting more than just the basic cheese. I go all out. I'll throw some Gouda in there. I'll throw some Swiss in there. Like, when I make a grilled cheese sandwich, it's like five or six different types of cheeses. That's amazing. It's a great yeah, idea. I, I really like to mesh my cheeses in my grilled cheese. Yeah. And also, I'm a big fan of tuna. I love my tuna. Um, yeah. But I like my tuna with, again, this may seem weird. A lot of people put celery in tuna when they make no, it. That's, that's common, I think. Yeah, well, that is common. common. But it's, me, it's more common than not. Yeah, yeah I think common. so. It is common. But for me, what I do is I put pickles in my tuna. Well, now, I'm going to take some notes in, on this and just try all these things because, you know, if you see it like you know thinking about flavor so i'm like you know i'm gonna trust this and i'm gonna try it out yeah and i'll get back to you on that. yeah try it out pick up <laughs> change your life i'm curious now i'm <laughs> i will try it. yeah i'm curious i want to know i'm more or less i could definitely do the pickles and tuna uh -huh. but i want to try this milk and doritos 
milk and Doritos. And it doesn't matter what kind of milk. I mean, if you're two percent or one percent or skim milk, whatever you choose, it's all okay. it's all good. It's all good. Now, okay. when you what, uh, you're talking about, Mama, talking about home, you're talking about the fresh fish shop. What is your fish of choice? Definitely codfish. No. Uh, Salmon. Salmon. Uh, I feel like salmon is good. Uh, definitely salmon. Flavor-wise, taste-wise, uh, you can cook it like a million ways and it always tastes good. So salmon. I, I love salmon, but I also, for me, baby octopus. Baby octopus. Really? Fried, yeah. vinegared. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh okay. baby octopus is amazing. I love it. It's like a fan of cal- uh, calamari. Oh, I yeah. Call. Yeah, calamari, uh, is, calamari is a given. But I love the baby octopus. I love, like, you know, grabbing it with my fork. I got the tentacles on one side. Yeah. I got the head on the other. And I just rip the head right off. And I chew. I love it. So Do good. you eat the head? Oh, yeah. I love it. All of it. Uh, all of it. All of it, buddy. Okay. Well, shit. Is so it like raw? Octopus. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like it's it's vinegared or pickled, if you will. Yeah. They do yeah. It like oil. My mom makes it all the time. And, <laughs> oh, it's so good. Garlic, fresh parsley. And you just add a little bit of oil to it. Oh, it's the best. Wow. Wow. All right. Yeah. Oh, we're talking. We are talking. We're talking fish. Don't get me wrong. I love my cod. I love my no, cod, yeah. I love it my cod. Cod's basic, but like no yeah. one's like, yeah, baby squid. Yeah, baby you know, squid. or I'll drop You know, like I had it before. I had squid. Oh, so but, good. Oh, it's so good. Really. Right. Try this stuff too. You gotta make you gotta make the notes. You gotta make the notes. Now I had, I'll, I'll forget everything. <laughs> You'll forget everything. <laughs> now, when you talk about the Nightmare Factory and how intense the training was, um, you went through all the drills. You said you had the morning classes, then the advanced classes. You said that these drills really pushed you as a wrestler to keep going because they're watching every move. Because there's a chance that this could lead to doors being open. When when AEW comes back to Winnipeg or when AEW goes to BC, when AEW comes to Montreal, when all these things happen, there's doors that they can say, hey, you know what, Dylan Davis is out there. Give him a call. He's a good guy. He's a stand-up guy. He can make things work. But what was the one drill that everyone in the class, whatever, you know, one of the coaches, whatever Billy Gunn said, okay, guys, we're going to do this drill. Everybody was like, fuck, not that one. <laughs> I think, uh, <laughs> so I feel, I feel like whenever the class was started off and the coaches were huddling and then like they talk quietly and every so often Billy would look over and grin look back and then QT would look over and nod hell yeah and grin and then we're like that's the moment you know they're gonna run drills and they're gonna run drills all night and like uh, you know don't get me wrong like I say it now but this was like these drills weren't horrible you know they were a test and they were a challenge but they were by no means in any shape or form horrible or, you know, boo, abuse. Or, you know, it was just for me, it was exactly what myself and everyone else in the class needed because everyone in the advanced class, they were people who were um, already did a camp or had been on uh, dark or elevation or dynamite. So these are people who had to be on their A game. So, that, and that class was no joke. It, it was like beginner class was the fun stuff, like basics and with the you know half kids who are new. But the advanced class, everyone was experienced, and it was like they, like it was like it was a match. Every drill, every match, every 
it was all it was a real match. You had to work it as such. So same thing with your drills. It had to be full on, like it was real. And uh well, it's real, but you know, like real fight at the time, not just training with, with your friends. So um or we have matches, um and stuff like that too as well. So advanced classes were never a joke. We we <laughs> We would never leave there, not just like ah, going to bed. But like we'd always have the class the next day at like one p.m. So I was bed up again, and, you know. So, but um, to go back to question, the advanced classes, the drills and stuff. Um, to me, it was an eye opener because I've never been put in the environment to like experience that on a regular basis. So from day one to the end, uh, you know, my progress alone, <laughs> cardio-wise alone, was night and day. You know what I mean? My in-ring conditioning, how I breathe and stuff, were just 10 times better, you know? Um, so even though at the time, <laughs> we were all grown and blah, shit, you know? Uh, at the time, looking back on it, uh, I truly do miss those event classes the most um, because, you know, not only that, but like the end of the class or when you do your drill or your match, they give you really good and small the nod that you, and there's no critique, just like good job. You know, it's good. That's the, you know, because if it's not good, they're going to tell you. I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. But like, Again, they don't beat nobody down. They don't disrespect nobody. They're very honest and respectful in their advice. And I think that's one of the things I admire the most about every everyone there, every uh, uh, coach there. It's just a very welcoming environment uh, to learn. But you got to be willing to learn. You know what I mean? So it's very much a uh, garbage in, garbage out environment. Do good, good things happen. That makes sense about it. I absolutely does. That absolutely does make sense. So while you were over there and while you were there for the three months and you were training, were you able to, I guess, work any promotions? Was there any like dark matches that you had other than outside the school? Were you able to kind of tap in to the scene over there and build some connections up? Yeah. So we did a little bit of work around uh, the Georgia area. Um, myself and Matt Black and Jeremy and Jessica Black, we all did some work. Um, Jeremy did a lot more shows there. He was uh, definitely busier on the hustle more. Um, but me and Matt, we sort of pretty much been in the school all, all week. We sort of took our weekends to sort of rest up and relax, um, uh, for most part. But I think we had about what five or six matches down there other than, uh, the school, um, which like for me, I was like my biggest worry or fear, you know, it's a fear, it's weird to say, but I didn't want to get hurt at a show and, and not finish the camp you know what i mean i, I wanted to make sure i got the camp done because that was again that was my take from all this you know this contest i, I wanted to complete this so i can say i'm finally a really fully trained wrestler after 17 years you know um so i played it pretty safe um you know so a few shows got to make some uh people like but um other than that it was just you know, I made some friends um, 
But again, it was just another another match to add to the resume, another experience, another another state. That's all. Right on. Now, 17 years, and you said you fully feel like you were a trained wrestler after this camp. I'm assuming it's because most of most of your training or most of your career was in ring learning, learning on the fly in a lot of ways. Yeah, for the most part, um, I was a younger, uh, 15, 16. I started off as a ref and stuff or it helped with the ring and stuff. Um, and then I would somehow I managed to like, square him into being a wrestler in a local promotion back home. We're all like kids, so you know we ran small shows and whatnot. So that's why I started. Um, 2010 was when I really got introduced to like pro wrestling and surrounded by pro wrestlers. Um, Mike Hughes was one of them. Uh, uh, Crimson, aka CK3. Um, these, these were the guys that like sort of took me under their wing. Um, and like showed me how tough wrestling is and how tough you had to be to be a wrestler. Um, so yeah, like looking back, like um, for, without them, I, I would be here now doing this. You know what I mean? Um, you know that they gave me so much advice over the years, whether it was. At the venues, on the road, at the hotel, over drinks of whiskey and stuff, like they always helped me out. It was always a moment. Um, so, so for that, for that, I'm forever, forever thankful. God, like Mike Hughes and Crimson, because uh, without them, like I wouldn't be here. Um, so I started doing that, and then I moved to Halifax in 2016, um, which is when I started working under uh, Marcus Burke. Again, another huge help in getting me to you know other areas yeah uh, huge help like Burke helped get me he helped get my feet into work in Ontario Quebec uh, he got me my first booking in the states back in 2018 you know so he's and even to this day he helps me out uh, advice personal professional it's just we're a family we're we're close um, and it's all because of like wrestling and the respect I have for him for helping me grow and learn you know so um, up until now my training has been seminars right um, you know uh, Billy Gunn, Tyson Dukes, Ron Otani Dreamer, Joy Mercury Eugene and it goes on and on it's forever but like that was my training other than that it was on the fly on the job with guys like Mike Hughes Apollo big Apollo, you know? Um, so yeah, I wasn't trained. I was just the last of a, a kind to learn on the job as far as I was concerned. So, and that was always my like deepest, darkest secret. Like I'm not trained. Oh no. So I always had that sort of hang up on my head in a way. Um, so when I had a chance to get trained, I was like, well, what better time than now? <laughs> you know? So, um, here I am. Now I have it on the resume. I'm a trained wrestler <laughs> after 17 years. 
Absolutely. I think that's, that is an incredible way to end this conversation. I couldn't have asked for a better conversation. I had a blast with you, sir. Uh, you're absolutely one hell of a human being. And I can't wait to see you in person at Destiny. You're going to tear the walls down. This is going to drop in April. So I got to ask, I mean, everyone, I don't know, you know, where you are on faith, maybe like that, but everyone's got kind of a Lent, something that they give up as we lead up to Easter. Dylan Davis, what did you give up for Lent? I'm going to give up. I'll give them up energy drinks. That's a lot, man. That's, that's uh, a lot. All right. You know what? I see, that, I see that you're giving up something that you love. So I will give up Doritos and milk till after Easter. Okay. Deal. There we go. We're, we're going to shake. We're going to virtually shake on that. There it is right there. Yeah. Yeah. Davis is giving up the energy drink. Yeah. No more Doritos and milk for your boy till after Easter. And that's it for this one. <laughs> Guys, Dylan Davis is the man. Check him out on all the socials. Dylan, you want to shout out your socials real quick, my friend? My socials, please follow me. So Instagram is at Body Wrestles. Same thing with Twitter, at Body Wrestles. My Twitter followers is kind of lagging. So if you could follow me there, then really get the ball rolling. I'll keep sharing some cool tweets, cool stuff that make you laugh, make you mad, make you sad, and everything in between. Other than that, I got a pro wrestling tea store. Let's go there, Dylan Davis. Um, that's about it. Um, other than that, just, uh, you know, most importantly, uh, have a good night, everybody. Take care. How's that? Are good? That's it. That's perfect. All right, guys. <laughs> All, right. All right, guys. Peace, love, and wrestling. That's it for this one. We'll see you next week. Peace. Thank you so much for watching. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, and turn on that notification bell so you get notified each time we post a video. Alternatively, you can check us out on all podcast platforms and host it on Podbean. We are also available on the SNME Network. That's the Sunday Night Main Event Patreon. Please feel free to check us out there as well. And don't forget to follow us on all social media platforms at underscore Straight Talk on Twitter, at Straight Talk Wrestling on Instagram, Straight Talk Wrestling on Facebook, Straight Talk Wrestling on TikTok, and of course, you can check out all our merch at ProWrestlingTees.com. I don't even make a cosign. Without the liquor, you become a victim. You ain't never got a pole mine. I ain't messing with this generation. Fuck your gender, I ain't got...